Welcome to the Rider Rumblings podcast. We're talking about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and how they've fared in, in free agency, the peak of the free agency period having come and gone, and uh, what holes need to be filled moving ahead. Uh, with me is my, wor- my worthy constituent, uh, Dr. Murray McCormick, and he's been our Rough Rider beat writer since 2008. So I'm going to defer to his wisdom and age and uh, and uh, hopefully get a better handle on things myself. Uh, Mer, how, off the start, uh, how would you evaluate uh, how the Rough Riders have fared so far? I think they came through quite well through free agency. I, the uh, bulk of the work was done before, I think, the free agent window opened up with the Riders signing most of their offensive starters, all but one position was open there. And I think they, they were in the position that they needed to bolster the defense going through free agency, and Jeremy did an outstanding job of that, I think. By signing six of the eight free agents are uh, defenders, and that fills holes that for him. At you know they, they kind of needed a middle linebacker with Solomon retiring, so they got Larry Dean. They bring back Micah Johnson, an impactful player to fit, work in the defensive tackle. I know his numbers weren't up in nineteen, but I still think he was getting double team, and he played pretty well in the second half, the latter part of the season, despite battling a couple of ankle injuries. And they get a solid right guard in Evan Johnson, who spent three years with the Red Blacks bouncing around between left guard and tackle and a little bit of right guard. And it gives him versatility, and plus it gives him a veteran starter to fill the hole from Dakota Shepley. So, you know, you kind of look at those three significant moves. Those are pretty big and dressed some pretty big holes. So, now I know, kudos to Jeremy O'Day and the writer's staff for focusing on the guys they wanted and getting them. And uh, I think, you know, those three positions are going to have an impact going forward for the season. If it is a season. Larry Dean, I mean, uh, Solomon Alamimian, uh, first off, congratulations to him on an amazing career and an amazing guy uh, and being an amazing guy. I mean, that's a – it's almost a parallel to signing to signing uh, – Larry Dean – signing Larry Dean is almost a, a parallel to si- signing Solomon Alamimian in 2019 right. in that uh, you're signing a linebacker with multiple all-star recognitions and uh, who – is 32, 30, turning 33 during the season. So uh, they're almost getting him at the same juncture there. They're almost getting Larry Dean at the same juncture of his career yeah. as, as Solomon Alamimian was when he came here. And uh, that should allay any concerns about the middle linebacking. As far as who's going to flank that middle linebacker, I guess that's uh, those are two big question marks. Yeah, well, Cameron Judge has reportedly worked out with the Los Angeles – sorry, Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders today. And uh, – so that means he's going forward with his his goal to be uh, getting getting into the NFL and good for him trying to do that. You got a he's a great player and he's got so there's an opening there and then there's an opening at strong side still with uh, Derek Moncrief being with the Los Angeles Rams. I think I'd be forgiven for mixing that up a little bit. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was find that spot. So they may have done that. The, the Herdman brothers, two twins that uh, Herdman Reed, Herdman Reed. Two twins. Kind of the, exactly. And oh, that's a cool part of it. The, the Herman Reed brothers can play weak side linebackers, so they may be able to go keep the Rietro the same with Canadians there, which is an interesting thought, which is the 
kind of sounds like they're playing through free agency. And the strong side, you know, there's a Lorenzo Jerome, a guy that uh, could maybe play strong side or weak side. So they they have, a, and they must have a host of other names on the roster of guys that can step up and fill those holes. So I think those weak side linebacker is still a question. And they still don't have a place kicker on the roster with, uh, with Brett Lowther becoming a free agent. And uh, it really wasn't an opportunity to fill that through free agency. I think Justin Medlock was an option, maybe an expensive option, but he may retire or go back to the Blue Bombers. So the Riders have got to look through the draft to find someone or maybe, you know, I don't know if you can even go negless for the guys. I don't know how many placemakers being on negless. So it looks like the draft will fill that hole. Or if you have to, you can find an American. That's the yeah. other thing. You know, if you're really if you're really strapped, there's a lot of American place kickers out there. There's a huge market to tap. You, you have to take a bit of a bite, uh, ratio wise, but that can be done, and it, it it it's not unprecedented for it to be done. You don't have to look strictly within Canadians or within the import within the global draft. That's a good point, and yeah, maybe the global draft turns one up too. Though. It was here. Johnson was an American punter here. Why not have an American uh, American? place kicker if that fills your void because that's a pretty valuable position and you know i forgot to mention that john ryan resigned and that's pretty good for him he you know he was i don't know if he was considering retiring but i think he just wants to play in regina again plus he's got how many how much money have the ryan family invested in ryan jerseys this year last year for one season so maybe give him two seasons if there is a season to use uh, to wear those jerseys again and maybe go out you love to go out as a great cup champion and i think you know, are the riders in the mix? Yeah, I think they have a – they got to be in the mix with that offense and defense and all the moves. So, you know, it's, it was a, a good free agency period for the riders. It's so crazy. It's over almost by now. You know, they yeah, just, by, um, 12, 15, by about 11.15 on, uh, on Tuesday, I was like, okay, is that all there is? That is, yeah. It's just, it happened quickly. But that that's that free agent window. You know, yeah. what, what a, and I, the CFL does something. That was a great idea to maybe to, – to make tampering legal – and go ahead and have an idea of what's going to happen when the door, the free agent window really opens. And boom, it was an exciting hour, and then it was over because all the signings were all the situation. I mean, Brett Lowther uh, has yet to resign, obviously, and is checking out NFL options, but he, he's been doing that since late August. Yeah. Um, you would think if something was going to pop for him, it might have done so by now. And you also have to take into account um, which Brett Lowther are you getting if you're an NFL team, or even the Rough Riders, are you getting the 90% all-star version of 2018, or are you getting the uh, the 2019 version who had the the lowest accuracy rate of any regular place kicker in the league, 78%. He was the only kicker in the league below 80% that year. Granted, he had the longest field goal in the league, 57 yards, and he had, uh, I believe, three walk-off game winners, but... His overall percentage isn't going, to, you know, if it's a if it's, if it's a what have you done for me lately world, how marketable is he right now? He's certainly better than the nothing the Rough Riders have right now. And if they're getting the 2018 version back, wonderful. But if they have to replace a 78% place kicker, that shouldn't be that hard to do. But he was injured. He was dealing with a hip injury. Remember that. And uh, he's had a whole how many days since they last played a game, Rob? You had know that. Ish. <laughs> so he. He's had a chance to get healthy, and he's been kicking like crazy all over the all over the place. He's also part of. Brett, I'll give Brett Lowder credit for this. He's not 100% certain the CFL is going to be back for 2021, and he's not quite willing to lock himself into another CFL contract, but puts him behind the eight ball if he tries to go. That's for the NFL. Like last year, he opted out in August, middle of August last year, 
And by then, you know, most of the positions were locked up. So he, he wants to keep his options open as far as the NFL goes. And by signing a CFL contract, he's creating, he's locking himself in a position where he's, he really can't do that again in 2021. So he's, I'll give him credit. He's, he's looked at all the pictures and all, and all the way, all the things that can happen and come up with the best idea for him. And that's, you got to give him credit. He's a smart guy. And, uh, be kind of cool to see him get in there because it's such an amazing story to see a guy go from kicking all around the league to, to lining with the Riders and maybe possibly kicking in the NFL. Who And you and I both remember, there's some pretty weak kickers in the NFL this year. And you have to wonder why a guy doesn't get more of an opportunity than, well, than Brett did. You know, 78% has got a kicker cut in the National Football League. So yeah. whatever the reasons are behind that. Uh, who's going to rush the passer? Uh well, I think it's a good opportunity for Chad Jeter is a, a guy I like to see step up. Freddie Bishop is another good good one, and AC Leonard is another good one. Uh, do they have a Charleston Hughes? They've got no, good. they don't. I they don't think a, they do. That's what you need in this league. Yeah, you really need that. I think Wally Bonner once said you need a quarterback, a left tackle, and a left, and a rush end, and you can go on and win a lot of championships with them. And if you look at Wally Bonner's teams over the years, he had all three of those well, well covered. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see – a Charleston Hughes on the roster, and I don't see, you know, so that's why he wasn't even one in free agency, really. No. Was, other than for Charleston, who left. But, you know, I think they could have an impactful guy in Michael Johnson who can step in there and really fill, you know, maybe start drawing some double teams and maybe opening up more room for those other two guys. Plus, Johnson is a, is a leader, too. So they, they kind of keep a, the defensive line not intact, but bolstered it a bit with Johnson. So I think it's a good point. Sorry? There's just that one void. You know, A.C. Leonard quietly had nine sacks yep. in, in 2019, was great in the playoff game against Winnipeg with two sacks. But, it, you know, I, think, I would think he's the number one candidate to take over as the guy. Yep. But it's uh, it's a different role when you are the, the one rush end that uh, that commands the most attention. So is he capable of, of uh, elevating himself and the Rough Riders at that position? I I think that would seem to be the best candidate to me. Yeah. And I mean, who knows what Chad yeah. Jeter can do? Yeah, you know, he only played the half a dozen games, but, you know, maybe he can step up. Freddie Bishop has pretty well been, you know, a right side guy, not not as much, not not having to be the guy. But when he played with uh, Charleston back in 2015, I think he had 11 sacks. So that tells you what Charleston Hughes makes teams better or defend, other defenders better when he's on the field. So, I, I think they're gonna, I think they're going to miss Charleston, but I think you just sort of adapt. You know, you miss some great players and you move forward. And uh, you know, I think there's over a hundred guys on the roster, and it's some pretty guys with big credentials and really impressive credentials. Maybe they can step up and become the next Charleston Hughes, which is basically O'Day's job is to find the next players, the future players, and for the immediate future. So, yeah, okay. how about the the ratio? How's that going to work? I, I like to think of the way the way. <laughs> The ratio is going to find it worked out because it's, uh, you know, you look on the offensive side of the ball, they can, let's say they can start Johnson, Clark, Labatt. Uh, they may have McGinnis and Linnaeus as receivers, possibly. Hmm? I don't think I'll start two of them. You would think there'd be just one and one. And yeah, one they think there would. But Linnaeus is supposedly dropped 30 pounds, so maybe he could be a wide guy, you know, that wide Canadian yeah. receiver. On the offensive side of the ball, you're going to get Shabar Dubair. Or, uh, or Bell DeBeer. Chevelle DeBeer. Or Mac Henry. It'll be a left. It'll be a defensive tackle. That's a Canadian. Yeah. yeah. So there's 
there's six and then maybe, you know, the weak side, they can go Canadian or even Jeremy brought up the idea they could go Canadian at the field side cornerback with, you know, they have options in Eli Buka and they, they drafted some, some guys too. And they're signed some guys through free agency. So they do have options for Canadians. So I think their ratio is going to be fine. I, I don't think that's an issue with there this. There could be two in the defensive backfield, one linebacker, one defensive lineman, and then uh, three offensive linemen and a Canadian receiver. That gives you eight. So you got yeah. the flexibility that you need. If somebody goes down, you don't have to blow everything up ratio-wise. To you think the magic number is eight. If you're just starting seven, you're really on a yeah. working on a, without a without a net. If somebody gets hurt, yeah, that's a big thing. And plus, we forgot about Mike Eaton, what, what he does in the middle as a safety for the Riders. One of the other first free agent re-signings, and can't, can't overlook what Mike can do for any secondary. So I, I think they're in good shape. Now, with the next questions is one, is there going to be a season? And two, will there be a season? And maybe we'll throw the third one. Will there be a season? With those, I would think it's something they have to. Um, if, if, if nothing else, I think they have to bite the bullet and pay for it themselves. Uh, out of sight, out of mind, is it could be a very dangerous thing for this team. And if it means a, a truncated season, maybe not unlike the model that they were espousing late, you know, last spring into late last summer, if they have to bite the bullet and just play, Maybe that's uh, the route they have to go. Maybe there's some other sources of revenue that they can tap. I don't think the federal government's going to be uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, going to be uh, coming to their rescue, but that doesn't that's not the, necessarily the be all and end all. They have to find a way to play, and mm-hmm. hopefully the, the if there is encouraging news about the vaccines, maybe by September, late you know August September, there's a greater comfort level and a greater inoculation level that facilitates games with enough fans in the stands that. Maybe you can defray at least some of the enormous losses that would be incurred if you have to go it alone. Yeah, they also they lost money when they had fans in the stands, though, Rob. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> if they're not going to have fans in the stands and that stuff, how can they afford to lose more money? But if you, still, you don't play, you go go out of the equation for two years in a row. Is that tantamount to just having folded? <laughs> Yeah, and how do you how do you tell these municipalities and cities that are chipping to build these new stadiums and all these other things that they're counting on this income that they're not going to play again? There's so much pressures on them to step forward. We got a beautiful stadium here that's empty. It's part of the nicest ice ice rink in the country. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still being unused. Not that it would be used for football now, anyway. Well, the big stadium oval, maybe we can call it. Yeah, I know. I think there's. A lot of stresses and pressure on Randy Ambrosi to see what he's going to do and to get him on the field. And I, I want them back on the field. I think we, we need something. We saw we got to taste what the NFL could do with, with their season going through relatively, not unscathed, but got relatively through the season, ended on time, which I know is a big part of the uh, equation for for the NFL is to finish on the Super Bowl date. But, yeah, that's the big question. But the other minor questions, if it was in for COVID, we'd be, I'm talking about the minor questions that the Rough Riders have to answer heading in, coming out of free agency. Yeah, and hopefully at some point we can really focus on that without any ifs or qualifiers. But if you look at Major Junior Hockey, there's a determination there. They've said they're going to play. They're going to have a 24-game season. And, uh, you know, whatever revenues fall into their lap, you know, is a part of that process, fine. But they're prepared to bite the bullet. I think the CFL, to at least some degree, yeah. has got to look at what Major Junior Hockey is saying and just you've got to get your product out there. Even if it's a if it's in a scaled back form in terms of duration, you've got to play. Otherwise, we've had two full free agency periods that will have amounted to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Along with then, this, our podcast is the result. 
I'm interesting point of this whole free agency stuff. You're dealing with the surrealness of it. Yeah, we have to approach it as real football. We have to approach it as a season. You've got to prepare it for the season. But we keep going, yeah, but there may not be a season. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's kind of added a whole layer of something else to the free agency period that you go that, you know, and your players all took pay cut. I think Jeremy O'Day made a good point recently where he says every veteran took a pay cut. So I think you have to look at the players and say, they understand the seriousness of this too. They they have to do their part to, to keep this going. And uh, just hoping we get to see them in May. But I'm like, I'm more of a September guy. I think it's going to take a while. Even though I'm in the age group is going to get my vaccine long before you will, Rob. Yeah, so, I've, I've never wanted to be in my 60s more than I currently do. But it sounds like finally, yeah, you finally get the discounts and vaccines. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm at the point now where they're just automatically giving me the seniors discount without asking. My wife yeah. saw it on a bill the other day. She goes, hey, you got a seniors discount. And then I started saying things that conveyed my displeasure that it was just automatically uh, awarded to me. Well, so that, no wonder I, no wonder my, my RRSPs aren't in good shape. Well, technically you are a senior because in some places it's 55 and over. Yeah, that's where I keep getting these seniors discounts for being over 55. Oh, but I don't want well, I'm totally you know, a senior. Actually, we'll have to take a sure. look at this. I haven't yeah. looked at the riders' roster in terms of use. Maybe they're maybe they've gotten younger through this free agency world too, a little bit. You know, a, a, a bit. I mean, Larry Dean is pretty much the same age that Solomon Alamimian was two years ago. Micah Johnson is going to be thirty-three before uh, before too long. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Evan Johnson know, twenty-six. Was double teamed in twenty nineteen, but he was double teamed in Calgary too, and he was still a wrecking ball with fourteen yeah. sacks multiple CFL all-stars. So I find a lot of times people say, oh, well, he was double teamed. Well, that's what he's – you're paying somebody who's to, to, who's, who's to command that kind of attention. But even with that kind of attention, presumably there was more production, at least statistically, and I realize that can be deceiving, than there was in 2019. So I think the Rough Riders – I think you've got to remember, too, the Rough Riders opted not to bring Micah Johnson back for 2020 had there been a season. So in effect, they, they passed judgment to at least to some degree on the way he performed and at least made other things a greater priority, even if they weren't speaking negatively about how Micah Johnson performed a year earlier, they were just willing to pay whatever it took to bring him here. And that result certainly wasn't there a year ago or two years ago. Pardon me. Well, they said they had other priorities in signing free agents when they did, when Micah's name came up. But if he's a wrecking ball like he was with Calgary, yeah, then he's he the priority, wasn't. and he wasn't. Yeah. So, but just weird too. Like that's even funny when you look at these free agents and they realize, let's say this guy's like Larry Dean spent the season 2018 with Edmonton, but signed with Hamilton. So you have to shake out in your head. Oh yeah, he's right. He was a Hamilton yeah. guy, but he never played. A, they never played a down. I know. I was trying to figure out the other day. Do I run a picture of him? Is a tiger cat or an Eskimo? So yeah, I think there's more uh, Eskimo pictures of him than there are a tiger cat. Like James more. Franklin signed two contracts with the Rough Riders and he's yet to play a down for them. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's uh, so weird. You know, we talk about some of these strange James things. Anything else you care to add for? No, I think we're all good. We're going to go pound this out and try to find uh, where they go from here. And I, I, I think they're in good shape going forward from here. I think, uh, you know, as you said, we could quickly rehash that. Go, they can find a place kicker. American is definitely an outfit, outlet. Uh, some weak side linebackers. Cameron Judge level don't service every year, but you can find guys who play that position. 
strong side. I I don't see why they didn't just throw it out there in old gym. But Otha Foster was a good was a great sand for the riders. Maybe they can bring him back now that the, the free agent windows the waves have slowed down. Maybe there's an opportunity there to bring Otha Foster or get, as he says, a host of uh, other names on the roster to fill that role. And well, one thing I wondered, you look, you look at their depth on the defensive backfield, and they keep signing defensive backs <laughs> with excellent credentials too. So if you if you take that starting core from 2019 and just plunk it down and say, okay, there's 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 the starting core for 2021, that also creates a lot of candidates for one of those linebacking positions as basically yeah. a defensive back. And uh, so maybe that's an option too. You use that wealth of talent to the defensive back to address uh, one of the linebacking positions as well with one of the smaller linebackers. And that means, so they got to have a training camp. Eh? Remember there's been talk, there's, People say, don't just go straight into the season and those kind of things. I don't think that's a possibility in the in football. Yeah, you've got to have – can certainly scratch the preseason. The NFL yeah. showed that that can be done. Yeah, no one missed that, did they? No. But, Great. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat something because well, I get back up yeah. to 160. <laughs> I love saying that. Um, <laughs> Mur, thanks for doing this. I'll let you get back to work. And thanks so much to everybody for uh, for joining us. And as events warrant, we'll, uh, we'll do this again. For Murray McCormick – I'm, uh, what's my name again? Rob, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care and stay warm and safe.